Boy, howdy. What a what a boring 40 minutes was that. And then the next 25? Whoo! My goodness. <laughs> Sharks somehow take on Martin Jones and well, I hate to say it, but Martin Jones says Martin Jones things. We'll break down this game. We'll break down Tomas Hurdle, why he should take all of Evander Kane's money. Well, that doesn't sound right. Uh, and the situation with Evander Kane going on right now. This is Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Saturday night, January 8th, 2022. The San Jose Sharks, thanks to Tomas Hurtle, get the victory in Philadelphia. They somehow scrapped four points out of this four-game road trip, and they win 3-2. to two. Welcome to this edition of Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every game, so of course, do yourself a favor. If you want to be part of the show, teal together and chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hit that subscribe button to YouTube. Tell your friends about it. Tell them to hit the, the subscribe button. Don't forget to check us out on SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course, Discord after the show. And find everything at tealtownusa.com. Good evening, everyone. Alongside yours truly, still in COVID protocol, I have... Ian Reed. Hello. And of course, making his annual appearance on After Dark, it seems like that's what we do, right? Uh Felix Chow, what's happening, buddy? Uh nothing much. Just uh I mean glad that the Sharks came out tonight with the win and uh well we'll get to we'll obviously cover it um in more detail as we uh go along in tonight's show, but uh Fun must be always, am I right? That's for sure. Fun must be always. <laughs> and if we had snow in the area, I would say we'd do some snow angels in Tomas Hurdle case. So, we got a lot to get to uh, tonight, so let's just get into it. The Sharks, the last game of a four-game road trip. Uh, get five minutes into the game. You know, Jonah Gajevich uh, somehow gets injured. I looked for it on... on on the replays, guys, I didn't see it. Uh, that doesn't help things, along with Nick Benino and assistant coach John McLean uh, going into COVID protocol just a couple hours beforehand. And guys, uh, I'll start with you, Ian. Uh, all kinds of helter-skelter lineups uh, for the Sharks. It's slowly becoming uh, Sharkakuda. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a mess, isn't it? And then, um, I mean, you have guys like, Gadjevich and VL on on a line together again like I think under normal circumstances one of those guys is lucky to draw in regularly but it wasn't like the Sharks weren't the only ones that had the problem like I think on the other side of the ice like I don't think it'd be a fair narrative to say oh well you know the Sharks didn't do so well in the first part of the game because they're undermanned the Flyers are just as undermanned as the Sharks are probably worse to be honest <laughs> um, so yeah definitely you know it's a problematic thing um, that's happened to the Sharks this season, but they're not alone. A lot of teams are are having troubles keeping guys in the lineup, and you know the good teams are the ones that can 
keep going, you know. And I think the Sharks have done an admirable job keeping keeping going when things uh with the things the way things have gone but you know there was a couple of games there where obviously it was a mess but it's nice to see that they've kind of gotten back to the hockey that's made them you know not super successful obviously i mean this team's still what like eight you know it's still decently out of the playoffs but any success they've had it's had from playing the style of hockey they played tonight and and felix uh we finally get the matchup I think Sharks fans have been waiting for the return of Martin Jones. I'm 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 resisting Ian from going off right now, so we'll <laughs> hold off on that. I'll ask you, um, what were you thinking, especially those first two periods of Martin Jones uh, taking on the Sharks? I mean, so in terms of like Martin Jones, I thought. Look, I personally, for me, I thought. Especially considering it was scoreless for through it too. Um, both goalies did what they were supposed to do. They were, you know, they were supposed to stop the puck. They, you know, kept the puck out of the net. And you know, both teams had chances. It was, you know, Martin Jones. Um, I mean, are we used to seeing like a Martin Jones that can stop a puck? Probably not later on in his contract. But <laughs> you know, but like, I mean, and of course, uh, yeah, I, I just. I, <clears throat> Again, both goalies did what they were supposed to do. So, right. Uh, so we get into it. Uh, not gonna lie, you know, <laughs> uh, it was fairly even, like twenty six to twenty five in the shots uh, after two periods. Uh, definitely on pace for the Sharks to go over forty, and I think probably half of the Sharks fan base would tell you, Ian, that uh, you know. Over 40 shots, this just seems like a recipe for a Martin Jones shutout. And it, <laughs> it almost turned into that. It's funny because in before, like, just like, I think maybe just when the game started in the Discord, I joked that this was going to be like a one nothing shootout game. <laughs> because, like, of course it would be, right? Like, you have Aiden Hill, who's struggled mightily this season, I think, who had a good game tonight. I, like, I don't want to... I think there was one goal against Aiden Hill that I wasn't too thrilled of, the first goal. And then Martin Jones is Martin Jones. So, of course, you know, you think that this, you know, th this should be on paper like a seven, another seven, six game. But, you know, because it's the way that the season is gone, I was like, OK, so this is going to be like a one nothing, you know, game settled in a shootout. Martin Jones gets the shutout like that would be we are luck. Right. And <laughs> it was looking pretty good for that first two periods. Oh, man. I mean, we get into the third period. I mean, not to f gloss over the, the first two periods, boys, but, I mean, there, there wasn't a lot that happened. There's there's not a lot. Like, yeah, the first two periods, there's not really much to discuss there. I mean, I thought that the – I thought the Sharks played – they played decently. I thought they – um. I thought the Flyers probably had some of the better chances. Like, I think Aiden Hill deserves a lot of credit tonight. I thought Aiden Hill played a really good game. Um, which he's played a couple now, which is good. I mean, obviously, Aiden Hill's had a, a shaky season so far. His first year in San Jose hasn't been fantastic, but I think he deserves a lot of credit. Again, I think the first goal I didn't like. The second goal, you know, the puck deflects it, bounce, it goes over top of his shoulder, and Ferraro can't bat it out of the net, and that's fine. I mean, I didn't really... I don't blame Hill for that. It's just a deflection that bounces over top of him. He's set to face the shot. Shot never gets to him. That happens. Like that happened. That could happen to him. That could happen to, 
you know, a guy like who's significantly better, like an Igor Shosturkin, for example. But Felix, I'll ask you on the first goal from Van Riemsdyk. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of seeing Vlasic get burned there. Yeah, and the thing is, and look, we've harped on Vlasic. Y'all have harped on Vlasic a ton. And, you know, obviously it's, and I've said this before on social media, um, it's, it's, it really just bums me out to see Vlasic just have, continue to have just not a great, you know, year or, you know, and, and essentially have a decline in his contract, uh, you know, and, and it's just, yeah, it's it's not a great sight to see, um, especially if you're you know if you're watching like what used to be you know one of the most you know reliable shutdown team and the Sharks had, and and it's just to see him, you know, go downhill in recent seasons, it's not great. Yeah, uh, uh, I want to ask you guys this from uh, Bill Lockert: Has Hill found his game again? He looked pretty good. That's a strong remark to make. LOL. Now the the thing is, I'll I'll start with you, Ian, on this one. Mm-hmm. That power play started. I mean, I think that that might be an underrated save of the game with that power play. Uh, uh, that shorthanded chance by Farabee as he made a beautiful kick save by Hill. Yeah, he did. Yeah, look again. I think Aiden Hill had a really good game tonight. Um, I. I think, you know, he allowed two goals. I thought one was bad. The other one was a deflection. Again, that bounced over top of him. He's set to face the shot. The puck floats over top of him. It's unfortunate. Um, but there's not really much you can do as a goalie when you're set like that. And then, you know, it's where that's where you need your defenseman to bail you out. And unfortunately, Ferraro couldn't get the puck out of the air. But uh, the last couple of games Aiden Hill's played, he's been pretty good. Um Am I like, am I completely won over and I'm on, you know, team Hill again? No, but uh, I think with games like this, you can, you can get there, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and sorry. Uh, and just to interject, um, just to follow up on that, I do think that, you know, um, that, that save right there um, was a, you know, obviously it was a really, really big save and, you know, kept the sharks in it, but it was just, you know, Hill, you know, see what you want about Hill, like, this season overall. That was uh, definitely a save that he should have. I think he, that was basically a really great save that, by Hill that he sh- that he really needed. We'll put it that way. He, he needed that save himself. I think the Sharks needed that save as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they carried the momentum off because then all of a sudden, while it was a minute after the Flyers made it two nothing on their power play goal, the Sharks would get um, on the board first. Tomas Hurdle from Meyer and Burns for Meyer that would end up being, you know, his first of two assists on the night for Burns. Uh, his first of three. Um, Felix just seems like there's some good, good chemistry going on there with with Timo and Hurdle. Uh, Hurdle definitely taking advantage while uh, Couture's on COVID protocol to kind of get over, uh, you know, trying to make sure there's some more, you know, help with the scoring-wise. I mean, Hurdle's definitely up in that trade value, as you know. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no, he's been, uh, he's been, look, he's he's been the player that he needs to be and that this team needs, needs him to be. And with, you know, with... 
you know, with guys out, like he's he's one of the players that definitely need, has needed to step up, and he did tonight. And uh, you know, we uh, definitely saw that from him. And Burns, who who kind of has had that little rough stretch, he, he gets three assists on a night. Ian, uh, yeah, Burns giveth, Burns taketh away. I mean, that's <laughs> been the theme of him since he's been here, right? Um, yeah, I think uh, obviously look at that line's been really good. Uh, the Sharks definitely they're feeling it mostly in their forward group as far as missing guys. Like missing Couture is a big hole because. Uh, they don't have a guy that can replace Couture. Couture. Like there's just you just they don't have that. They don't. There's no guy in the system that's going to come up and and do what Logan Couture does for this team. So it's it's definitely a hole. Um, but it's nice to see that uh, you know Timo Meyer and Hurdle kind of gelling together and and getting things done tonight. Yeah, I mean, and it was a a nice little shot by Hurdle to get that going one nothing and then. Like we said, they had a power play. Hill makes that big save, keeps the momentum going, and then, you know, with about five and a half to go, Hurdle, I, I don't know how that went in. <laughs> it, it just seems like... Yeah, it was, a weird, it was a weird goal. It was one of those weird ones where it's like it was balancing, bouncing, and just that little extra move, I think, from Jones put it in uh, himself to tie it up at 2-2. So, uh, Felix, we go from... We we go from, oh god, hashtag that's so sharks. Hashtag oh crap, it, jo- Joner's gonna get the post steel syndrome going, and then all of a sudden, whoa, where did this come up? Finally, some resiliency that we've we've seen from some of the teams past. Yeah, they. Oh, sorry to jump on you, Felix, but I mean they they really did a good job of in the third period. Like they really came on. It was unlike that last game where everything kind of fell apart as the game went on. Like the sharks got better as the game went on. So it was nice to see them kind of rectify that situation because that's been a problem. And it was nice to see that they came on as the, as the game went on. Yeah. And honestly, look, we've, and you know, y'all have been ranting about how bad the Sharks have been in during that just really bad stretch of recent games. And this was a game I think the Sharks um, also needed to pile into their, I guess, if you want to call it their feel-good sort of uh, column, if you, if you will. But um, this was a, a game that I think that they needed to win. Um, and that third period really showed, you know, that, you know, they were still in it. They didn't want to, you know, let, let their foot off the gas and anymore and uh yeah it's this was a that was a really good uh, third period i thought by the by the sharks yeah it, it seemed like the the team uh resiliency chemistry really came into play here guys i think you know you saw you had some big saves from uh from hill you definitely got some chances, especially even early on before Philly had made it one nothing. You saw those chances coming uh, from like the likes of Nieto and Cogliano, uh, little little things here and there. Go ahead, Felix. Yeah, and the Sharks really didn't have much of a bad game, uh, you know, tonight. I mean, if you, you know, minus like maybe again the inhill, uh, the goal on the inhill's glove side. I think the Sharks really. You know, they played a good game tonight. It's you know, they and they were rewarded for the, for their efforts. Even indeed they would as they go into overtime. Tomas Schertel would get that 
we get that uh, break used <laughs> Meyer as a decoy, takes it himself. I mean, honestly, I think uh, how many times have we we expected this Ian t- for them to like shoot shoot first? Don't look for the pass. Shoot first, and uh, Hurdle buries one past Jones and uh, and a natural Hattie uh, for uh, Tomash. Yeah, you know the the one thing on the the one goal first first on this goal here is that that's the Martin Jones we all remember. I'm sure. <laughs> um, the second thing was was surprised the one thing that really frustrated me about the sharks game tonight was they didn't really make jones move a whole lot like there was a lot of outside shots that didn't really martin jones you know the get him going side to side and and he's in trouble and i found that the sharks didn't really do that as much this game as i would have liked mm-hmm. um and probably credit a little bit to the flyers defense for that too but uh, I think that's the only thing that frustrated me about this game was just after, you know, I mean, these guys know the book on Jones. They played with him for three years. They know, they've seen the horror show that is Martin Jones. And I just, I wish they would have tried to capitalize on some of Jones's weaknesses a little more, like trying to get him to move side to side. And I think he didn't have to move a whole lot here, but it was enough and Hurdle, and Hurdle made him pay. And I, I do agree on that point, Ian. I, I did notice that while, you know, the goalies did what they should have done, I think, or we're supposed to do, I think that the Sharks could have um, had, you know, Jones moving a little more. Maybe, again, who knows, they could have maybe gone on this scoreboard earlier and, uh, you know, made a, scored a couple goals. Who knows? But, I mean, I, 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 uh, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, we all know the book. They all know the book. I mean, there, there's a little bit of me that, that kind of figures that uh, this team should have won you know, five, nothing in, in that case. And yeah, you guys are right. They, they played a really good, uh, solid game where, you know, it just, it looked like they were going to get goalied. It looked like, you know, like we talk about the Ben Strivens game of like just 40 plus shots and, and nothing's just not going in, you know? Uh, and I believe if I remember not mistaken, do you remember what how many shots the Sharks did end up like 47. Uh, he made 40. Yeah. He made 40, 44, 47 uh, shots, 47 shots, 40, 44 saves. Yeah. 44 saves and 47 shots. 936 save percentage. I mean, it, it helped a little bit. I mean, it was better than, you know, him pitching a shout out, obviously, <laughs> uh, but you know, his, his, his save percentage might actually go up after this game, even though that he lost and the Sharks went up, uh, and the Sharks won three. And he goes, his save percentage might go up a, a touch, but that's fine. I mean, I'll take the I'll take the win every day. What did you guys think of Shimmick being scratched? That's an interesting one, and I want to go through. I thought I saw something in what Bugner mentioned here. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can pull it up here really quick because uh, he had. Uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Kudos, Nick Merkley had a really strong game. Gajevic has an upper body injury. We'll look at that in the morning. We have kind of an injury bug going around. Shimmick has a lower body injury, and that's why ah. he was scratched. So I, I kind of saw right. that over there, so I, I saw where you are going with that. So Yeah, because on the broadcast they said it wasn't for injury. It, was, it wasn't for injuries. And I thought, like, I'm not on the Shimmick is back train. You know, like, there's, I know there's been a lot of, oh, man, Shimmick is back, and I, I am not on that train. But I didn't think, like... He had done anything scratch worthy either. 
No, I, I thought he played fairly well. I think he's been, I think bugner has been hoping he uses his body a little bit more, which I think he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think at the same time, though, it, I mean, is that really his game? Is he having to change his game around to fit in to a role, especially on I don't their think pair? So I think he's playing like, like I said, I, I'm not on like the, I, I, don't agree with the oh man Shimmick's back but <laughs> I think he's doing a lot of the things that made him successful earlier I still think that mm-hmm. I mean it's like I said last show right Jake Middleton's doing the same thing for like half the price <laughs> quarter of the price and and Shimmick is you know like you said Puck guy uh, he's been taking a body he's been you know doing all the physical things that you know you would kind of expect him to do so I mean I don't you know, I think he's, you know, essentially doing his job. And I'm with Ian that I'm not completely on, like, the Shimmick's back train either. But he's been uh, doing what he needs to do. Yeah. And just a little... <laughs> little Sorry, th- Jay in the chat. You relied on the broadcast for reliable information. Yeah, that's on me. You're right. That's totally on me. I, I mean, again, I wasn't really paying attention. So I didn't... I mean, with everything going on today, I didn't really... You know, I, I I hope they'd get something right. Jeez. <laughs> hey, you know what? They thought that uh, Martin Jones was traded via Buffalo to here. So earlier. Than Brian, That's so, you're right. You're so, right. Uh, Boston, Buffalo, Buffalo, you know, Sabres, apparently. I get uh, it. Totally. it. See, the thing is, is that the little stuff like that is why I'm, I'm I mean, I get there's some logistical issues going on, but I get as to why I miss having Han or. or and heady and whoever right. on like the they, road they, their, their boots aren't on the ground right like they're in the studio so i get i get it i i mean the the buffalo thing is obviously a an annoying snafu but like the you know not knowing not getting an answer and just being well maybe bugner scratched him because bugner's kind of been on a scratching spree right. lately like i i get that yeah and that's a, that's a tough one to do and, and that's why i miss the yeah. guys being out on the road uh, so much. Uh, let's go through some of the comments from the uh, guys tonight. Uh, let's do it. Hurdle. Uh, I, I'm really proud of everyone in the room. We worked really hard to get these two points tonight. Yeah. I. Yeah, Hurdle. You're right. You, 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 you worked really hard and put the whole team on your back. But, Congratulations. I hope you don't end up needing. Uh... Well, I mean, you know, look like like if Jack Eichel comes back quick, if if Hurdle's neck goes out because he's carrying around the whole team on his back like Jack Eichel carried the Sabres, then at least we know there's a quick surgery for him. <laughs> he could be back in time for the playoff push at this <laughs> at this rate. My gosh. Like what? Eichel had it in December, right? And, and uh, something crazy and, like that. And they're, yeah. they're already talking about him being uh, back in February, which is absolutely ridiculous. But uh, moving on. Uh, yeah. from Bob Bugner. This is a huge, this is huge after those embarrassments in Pittsburgh and Detroit. Hills found his game again. It was his best third period of our year. And Felix, I mean, they, they were really promoting the broadcast on, on tonight about how Hills been a third period goaltender. Yeah. Um, it's look, I mean, he, I think for Hill, I think he needs to, Look, he needs to keep doing what he needs to do. Um, you know, as and I'm gonna steal a Steve Dangleism, a recent Steve Dangleism. But if <clears throat> if you're a goaltender, tend the goal, and uh, I think that's what Aiden Hill um, did tonight, and that's what he needs to keep doing. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. 
Hercules. Yeah, I, I mean, Aiden Hill, like the key to Aiden Hill's success is he needs to he needs to use his frame. He needs to challenge the shooter and he needs to not wander away. I think is, you know, because there was a couple of times where he kind of chased the puck around behind the net and it didn't stop. It just kept going and he's behind the net. Right. So I think um, like the, I think the, the big key for Aiden Hill's success is he needs to he has to have the confidence to come out and challenge the shooter and use his big frame and then gobble up those rebounds. That's that's the uh, I think if Aiden Hill can do that, then I think he would have a lot more success than he's had this year. Indeed, I think the Sharks. I mean, he gave up Koshinosh and some picks for him. Uh, they're kind of expecting him to at least be the guy going forward in the near future. Uh, I mean, granted, Reimer played his butt off the this first half of the season. Uh, you know, yes, he's had some hiccups in these last two game, in the last few games, but you, you wonder how how uh, healthy he really was. Uh, in, in yeah, that yeah, the, the the fact that he had those games and then now he's it's got a lower body. I mean, that's definitely concerning. I think with Aiden Hill too. I think the Sharks were smart about it this time around because he's he's only in a two year deal, so like they're definitely giving him the opportunity to try and be the guy, but. The good thing about what the Sharks did this summer is if he's not the guy, then no big deal. You go and find another guy. It doesn't, you know, like just because you traded some picks and a guy, you know, like Kozinash, I I still think at best absolute ceiling is, is an NHL backup. And, and he's had a really rough go this year um, in, in the Coyote system. So. I, I know, you know, it's like, oh, we gave up this and this and a second round pick, but really i if if it doesn't work out and the sharks you know leave themselves the luxury to say okay this aiden hill thing didn't work and we can go and find another guy in a year i'm fine with that like it happens they took a chance you sometimes you swing and you miss it's better to swing and miss on a two-year deal than on a five-year deal or a six-year deal or seven-year deal or an eight-year deal (laughs) hello martin jones (laughs) Uh, hello mark edward blast yeah yeah, uh, for sure, guys. And remember, you know, it all started with Brent Burns and his eight by eight. Oh boy! But uh, moving on, and you know, people are mentioning, you know, just another Randy G. As I pull up the standings right now, Sharks in a wild card spot. Don't even want to talk about for it for now. <laughs> Fool's gold. For now, yes. Uh, at this, at this moment. I'll get it out of the way, guys, so that way we don't have to uh, go on for it. But depending on everything that happens the rest of the way this evening, currently the Sharks holding down the second wildcard spot. Granted, Edmonton has two games in hand. Uh, Minnesota, who's above them in the standings, have four games in hand on them. So uh, the Sharks, while they've had three games postponed due to COVID, uh, and it, this is going to be the tough part, is all of the games that are made up. So... All the games in hand are going to be really thrown off, especially, uh, you know, Felix, by unless something happens uh, in the the next few weeks, uh, the Sharks are going to be playing, unless they change up the schedule drastically, the Sharks are going to be playing three games between February 1st and February 24th. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I'm just pulling up the schedule real quick. Yeah, that's uh, wow. <laughs> um, and is 
just looking at again. I'm just looking at the uh, the teams that they're facing. So it's gonna be what the next three games are gonna be uh, Detroit Rangers Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's gonna be uh. Oh, it's a it's a murderer's row of yeah. <laughs> teams coming. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's gonna be a tough one. We'll we'll put it that way. The the good thing I think out of this all though, guys, is that outside I think then their next big road trip, which is after this homestand. Excellent. They're practically done in the East. So, and yep. they have virtually all their games against LA. Granted, LA, I think, is on, on the next homestand. They have all their games against Anaheim. They have two games up in Seattle, a bunch against, you know, they still have to make up one against Vancouver. They got to make up one against Edmonton. So these guys are going to be on the West Coast for a bit. And it kind of reminds me of the of the year that the Sharks and Penguins went to the Cup Final where Pittsburgh was on the East Coast in Eastern time zone for like three or four months. Sharks are going to kind of get a little bit of that, you know, within the next few weeks. And in fact, they practically stayed in California the entire month of December outside this road trip. So uh, this could become a little bit of an advantage. They have to take advantage of it. Uh, I mean, a lot has to go right for them from this point on, right? Like there's ideally they'd get healthy right (laughs) um and then you have to start winning uh, a ton of divisional games and there's like some of the teams are some of the teams that i didn't think were going to be doing as good as they are are doing really well now granted some teams are doing really bad (laughs) sharks are one of them you know like the sharks seattle like there those there's there's teams that aren't doing good but i mean like I don't think anyone saw the the Ducks being this good this year. Nope. <laughs> right? I mean, so it's 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 going to be it's going to be a long hard road for them to get to get in and I I'm not sure if they get there yet. Felix, your thoughts? Yeah, it's I mean, like as for the standings go, I it's going to be a a, a tough uh Tough go for the rest of the way, I think. You know, especially where the uh, the sharks are, you know, where they are right now. It's uh, I mean, look, they we've seen the we've seen obviously what this team is capable of doing, and we've seen what this team looks like when they're uh, listless and don't know how to hockey. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I mean, currently Calgary sits in the number three spot in Pacific at forty. Granted, they have three games in hand on San Jose. Right. And again, and that's the thing, right? A lot of those, like a lot of those games in hand are going to probably, I mean, teams that are doing really well having games in hand, that doesn't help the Sharks at all. Uh, Denver Doyle had a really good question in the chat. I don't know if you want to oh, throw it up throw on it the up screen there. Let me yep. get it in here. Uh, here we go. Do you think this kind of game want you know, wants to make DW resign hurdle and tra- or trade him a uh, higher value if we're still a p- bubble playoff team yeah the hurdle thing's really interesting right because i don't know like if you ask me if you ask my heart i don't want hurdle to go anywhere cuz i know that's the the poll question too right it's like what do you do do you does does hurdle get kane's money and he gets to stay now it really depends on how far you think this team is away. But I mean, Doug Wilson at the start of the season said, you know, 
I, I think this team's a lot closer than people thinks they are. But as AJ will point out, like through the same number, I think they're three points ahead of where they were last year. Right. You know, so I don't know, like my heart, obviously, I, I, you know, my heart would like to, Tom, Tomas Hurdle to stay here forever. But if the reality is, is you look at this team and you go, man, this is, this isn't getting better anytime soon. And I know they will never say rebuild out loud because people will stop going to games. I, you know, I don't know what you call what's going on right now, but you know, if you say rebuild, then they'll really stop going to games. Um, I don't know. I mean, this, it's hard to think what it's hard to get in Doug Wilson's mindset and see what he's thinking. Right. I think you'd have to be delusional to think this team is any closer than it was last year. I don't. So at that point, are you, you know, resetting whatever? I mean, Tomas Hurdle could get you a hell of a lot in a trade, even, you know, at the deadline. Yeah, he's it's a deadline rental, but teams pay through the nose for deadline rentals. And we know like the one thing that Doug Wilson, to his credit, can generally do well, it's trade. So I think he could get a hell of a return for Hurdle. It really depends on where he sees the team, how far he sees the team being off, though. I think it's going to be tough to sell trading Hurdle to some of the veterans, probably, who, you know, who will be like, oh, I don't want to rebuild, whatever, because they're stuck here forever. And they, you know, but I know it's 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 a it's a real non-answer, but I just I don't know what they're thinking. And unfortunately, Hurdle will be the bellwether to what they are thinking. And I think, like, in this situation, the, sh- the situations that the Sharks are in right now, you know, they're they're in a situation where, like, you, they're, you know, you're either trying to, again, like you said, again, I don't know what to call, call what the Sharks are in either. So, but, like, they're in a situation where, like, they have, you know, obviously having a lot of young guys, but they're also, you know, they have, you know, they're essentially in this sort of they're stuck in this middle transition where like you know you don't really know like what to how to really approach this i i suppose um you could say yeah and and here's here's the other thing too right like you you look at hurdle like and again it and again this goes back to what is the long-term plan like hurdles only i think 27 right now 27 28 yeah 27 28 but but if if this team isn't going to be good for five years, well, then he's 32. And let it be known, like, obviously, I, I said this last show, too, like, you, when you come out the other side of this thing, you're still going to need veteran players. Like, it's not like you just completely strip this down to the bones and then just start playing 100% kids. We've seen teams try that. We We saw Buffalo try it. We saw Edmonton try it. I don't want to be in perpetual rebuild. Because you didn't keep the right, you know, because you didn't keep the right couple of vets around. Right. Uh, Jimmy in the chat asking, Jimmy Reed in the chat asking, what would be considered a good return for Hurdle? Because in my mind, it's going to be a lot. Um, And, you know, we see the things like, well, we got a first for Barclay Goodrow. I mean, Felix, what, what, what do you think, really? I mean, obviously a first for sure, but... There has to be additional assets, or is a first might be good enough, or what? Oh no, I don't. No, the uh, first round pick, I don't think it's going to be good enough. I mean, look, he's this guy. Hurdle is 
look, he's first of all, I mean, let's let's touch off the bit off the bat. Like off the ice, he's an obvious fan favorite, and uh, on the ice, he's a very skilled player. We've seen like what he can do. He, obviously, we've, he's been here more than long enough. Um, he's definitely, I think, going to be going to have to fetch more than more than just a first round pick. Um, maybe you know, throwing a prospect. Um, yeah, I just. It's definitely, it's definitely gonna have to be more than just like one like high high pick. Yeah, it's got it's got it starts with a first and an A plus prospect, like a like a top tier prospect and a first, and then you probably still add to that. But if the deal doesn't have a first and a top tier prospect, then you're not doing your job properly. Yeah, and does that change if you have to retain salary to how much goes up as well? Um, let's, well, if you, yeah. And if you're going to, and if you're going to, that's a, that's a really good point. And you could obviously, and the sharks have the luxury of, you can increase the value of that return by retaining salary to make, if you retain a bunch of salary, I mean, then do you add another first to that second, maybe, you know, like I, but I think, I think if you, if it's, if a first and an A plus prospect isn't in it, then I, I think that's where it starts. And then I think you can only go up from there, especially if you retain salary, then it definitely, the return absolutely goes up. Because let's be honest here, guys, who's going to want them contenders that probably don't have a whole lot of cap space. Um, and they're going to be teams that need some scoring, need some scoring badly. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to put out names, but you know, there, there are going to be teams that are going to want to go all in, especially out on the east. I mean, have you seen how tight the race? I think just there's teams in the west that would that would probably look hard at hurdle. I think, I people are going to unsubscribe on mass when I say this. Don't but you dare if, unsubscribe. Go ahead. If a certain team in down in Southern California keeps being as good as they are, I think they look at them. I think if you're especially. If, you know, if, if, if the Ducks think that they are a team, like if they think that this is their launch pad and it's only going up from here, why not ask Thomas Hurdle and then get them under contract next year for whatever, right? Like, I, as much as that would break my heart, uh, I think the Wild probably would take a hard look at Hurdle. And I think the Rangers probably take a hard look at Hurdle. Uh, what about... Oilers, just another Randy G saying the Warriors would effing love Hurdle. Yeah, I don't know if they can can they afford him though. Something I mean, like... they have to do something. But is that if is that can they fit him long term? I'd have to. I, I'm not completely up with their cap situations. I don't know the long term prospects are for how like is would that be just be a rental for this season and then he goes to free agency or. Do they keep them long term? That's the only question I I have. Yeah, that's that's the big one for sure. Uh, is whether or not the the teams that are going to grab the grab these players are going to have any room, and is if a strict on rental. I mean, are there is there a team like Toronto? You know, how dare I say that? Is there a team in like Toronto who just will just go for it all and deal with the losses later? uh yeah with it i mean granted toronto has given up i i think if you're if you're the sharks though if you're doug wilson you're, you're gonna look for you want 
to go, you want, you're going to want to send him to a team that can probably sign him because then you can slap it. You know, Hey, if you resign him, I get a conditional first, right? Like that's, so they're probably, if I'm Doug Wilson, like, obviously I want my first, I don't want my A plus prospect, but if I can get another conditional first out of you, because if you sign him in the next season, like that's got to be appealing. Right. Which is why I mentioned the ducks, even though people are really mad at me for it. Oh yeah. <clears throat> uh, the Oilers currently have $920,000 worth of cap space. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh so yeah that they might have to make some other moves to uh make that happen so we'll see how that how that goes but you know you look at you know i i can't believe montreal has that many issues going on right now and they're barely at the cap you know but uh, it it remains to well be seen. having having carry price on the ltir helps that a lot when 10 million's off your cap that's a good point there but you know looking at at the bottom part of of the of the teams in in cap hell you know nashville and there's a potential one that you guys mentioned anaheim the and the rangers uh there's all there's always talk about calgary could maybe even st louis if that's the case but <laughs> But Daryl Sutter would hurdle in Daryl Sutter, though. <laughs> Does that seem like a good pair to you? I don't know. I don't. Doesn't seem like a good pair to me. But hey, not my not my assets to trade. All right. So with that, uh, that closes the book on the on the game and and the potential situation there. Uh, we'll quickly go over things of what's transpired today with the Sharks. So obviously, we told you about. Th- McLean and uh, Benino going into COVID protocol. Uh, somehow, some way, uh, the 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 Sharks are going to have to get Couture back and uh, into uh, San Jose along with uh, uh, Lane Peterson. Although, granted, I think for some fans, I think that they can pass <laughs> on having him pick up the air. I, if only they had an owner worth like nine billion dollars or something <laughs> probably has a jet not wrong <laughs> uh so if you missed it earlier jerk and i were on on uh the youtube channel talking about the uh evander kane situation uh we do have a few more developments on that we won't spend too much time but uh mm-hmm. Shang Peng, a good friend of ours from San Jose Hockey Now. Uh, Bill Daly on the NHL's position with the Sharks terminating Kane's contract. I can say we are satisfied that they have adequate grounds to terminate. Uh, I'll start with that one there, guys. Uh, Felix, let's talk about uh, about this whole situation. What are your thoughts on this, on, uh, this whole thing? Well, um, look, I'm glad that the, uh, first of all, I'm glad that Keane is finally going through the process to be off the team because, um, well, we all, y'all already know my uh, thoughts and or, or really the uh, podcast thoughts on uh, Evander Kane. Um, yeah, and I do want to say that I was also one of those who was on board the Kane, Kane Redemption Tour and uh, regret it very much and uh but yeah no this is uh look it, this is a i i feel like this was a first of all the, sh- the sharks did what they needed to do to to get kane 
off the books and off the team and for the NHL to uh, essentially agree with them. I think that says a lot about the whole, the current situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to add, um, as I did, I did an article today. It's on TLTNUSA.com uh, about this topic and kind of going into like what the next steps are and what could happen going forward. And I went digging around after, Bill Daly kind of stood up and said, yeah, you know, I think the Sharks did a good thing here. And I tried to see if I could find anything about the NHL making a comment on the Mike Richards um, situation from 2015. And I couldn't find anything. So maybe that's a good sign for the Sharks. It, it's kind of unprecedented. I mean, the the closest thing would be that Mike, Mike Richards, Richards is the only. Yeah, I mean, it's Mike Richards is the only time that. A, a team has tried to unilaterally uh, end a contract. Every other contract that's ended, at least as far as I could research today, was mutual termination, which happens all the time. Like minor league players, they want to go back to Europe or whatever. Or maybe you know they're they don't think they're gonna. There's an opportunity for them, um, and you know they can't really seem to work out a trade or anything. So they mutually terminate their contract and then either you know maybe they sign out with another team in the ahl or go from there um and and we and we actually had the sharks had that happen wasn't it uh oh yeah it's happened a few times uh ivan chekovich uh yoel shellman um it's happy it happens all the time uh mutual contract terminations happen all the time uh slava voyanov's a different animal I can't remember. Okay, yeah, Slava Voinov's interesting. I'd have to go back and I'd have to go back and look deeper into the to the Voinov thing because did they did his contract just expire after the one year? Like I know he got suspended, and then I think he just got suspended to the end of his contract. Am I wrong on this? It sounded like it. Like they, I thought they had like it was either I'd suspended. Have to go back I think he was that. like suspended indefinitely, and then the contract was voided. Then his contract out. ran up, right? And yeah. then that was that. So, um, so yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to go back and, and do my double check on that, but I feel like he got suspended and then his contract just ran up. Oh, Landy, you know, you're, you're breaking out the, uh, the, the <laughs> animal house references there. If you haven't <laughs> seen animal house, shame on you. He could have been on double secret probation. Yeah. I mean, granted there's a lot of things here, but I mean, uh, Kevin Kurz, our, our good friend who's now doing the Islanders beat, uh, says that the Sharks' Evander King contract termination stems primarily from him traveling to Vancouver while COVID positive, according to multiple sources. Um, and then not reporting back on time. Yeah, uh, which which he was supposed to come back. Uh, from, he came off of COVID protocol yesterday, but did not p- suit up for the Barracuda uh, playing the Henderson Silver Knights on this one. Um, guys, I mean, there's just so many things to, you know, to unravel here. Uh, well, but my, my question to you is, and and I'll, and I'll say this because off air, even puck mom was saying it as, uh, as me and jerk were off the air, it, 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 does he either not get it? Did he just destroy his career? Is he an idiot? for for not going through that through this and and not taking this seriously um i want to answer another question first because a lot of people are like well how did how did he go back into canada if he's covid positive and i 
feel like, and I could be wrong here again, but I feel like like we got to remember that Kane is a Canadian citizen. So I think that as long as he agrees to go into isolation when he gets there, I don't think they can stop him from entering the country. Like it's his country. That's a charter. That'd be a charter violation if they barred him from re-entering the country that he calls home. Even if he doesn't live there, like he's still a Canadian citizen, he should be able to still come and go as he pleases. My understanding of it would be that upon arrival, he would have to quarantine. Um, now, whether he did that or not, I have no clue. Like, I don't, you know, and I'm not going to speculate, but um, yeah, I feel like it'd be a charter violation uh, to not allow him to enter the country. But obviously, like, they're not just going to be like, hey, you have COVID, great, come on in and go give it to as many people as possible. They're going to tell him to quarantine. Uh, and then, of course, his agent, uh, Dan Milstein, uh, I, I wonder what the name of his 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 hockey agency is called. Um, and if he has any. Um, never mind. Uh, we are aware of the Sharks decision to put Evander on waivers for contract termination. If he clears, we will file a grievance. The Sharks do not have sufficient grounds for taking this action. Oh, says boy. him. Says I him. mean, right. I mean, look, at OK, so the, obviously. I think everyone expected that there was going to be a grievance here, right? And I know some people are going to be really ticked off at the NHL, being like, oh, the NHLPA rather, and be like, oh my God, you're protecting Kane, read the room, blah, blah, blah. But it's not, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Like the NHLPA is there to protect by their own bylaws. They're there to protect their membership. They don't get to pick and choose. Oh, well, you're, you know, you're Connor McDavid, so we're going to protect you. But Vander Kane, fuck that guy. Like, I, as much as people would like to see that, that's not how it works. They have to do it because if they just stand by and let this happen to a Vander Kane without any grievance or anything like that, then when this happens to a player, you know, if a team tries to spike a contract of a player that people like more, it's going to be a lot easier because the precedent's already there. So the, the PA has to fight this. They have to fight this tooth and nail that you don't have to like it and i'm not telling you to like it but understand how the world works that they have to do something go ahead felix i'm sorry no you're, you're good um yeah I, I, look and i'm not as i just wanted to say off the bat that i'm not as nearly as well versed on the business side as ian is but no it's the nhlpa even though um personally i you know hate that they're doing this yes they do have to do this and Look, Kane, and this is kind of answering your question from earlier, like whether or not Kane is an idiot for, you know, going through this and, you know, essentially throwing, possibly throwing his uh, hockey career, uh, the rest of his hockey career away unless another team takes him, which wouldn't surprise me. But um, look, Kane, again, I'm just, I'm just glad, even though that, even though this drama is likely not going away, going away anytime soon still, um, I'm just glad that. You know, we don't have to mention his name in like as as a member of Team Teal, you know, anymore in, in the future. And he, look, he made he made his own bed, and you know, obviously, I uh, hope that he gets the help he needs. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know? And you know, it, but also like, dude, like it, it, like I, in my personal opinion, like if he wanted, if he truly wanted to rehab, like his image or rehab, like, like essentially, you know, look at himself in the mirror, like, uh, just to try to figure out how we can be a better person. 
I feel like he would have done that by now, and you know, we he wouldn't be he wouldn't just keep digging hole after hole or even even deeper hole for himself. So I just like again, I hope he gets the help he needs, but I just I I'm glad he's you know he's not a, he's not going to be a shark anymore. So. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing. Like I think the one thing that I I, I think that should come out of this to make clear. I I, I want to echo what Felix said first because I yeah obviously like this dude has issues that he definitely needs help for. Uh, I hope he gets help for those issues. But first thing to do that is you kind of have to take accountability for yourself, and and that seems to be something that Vander Kane doesn't really like to do. Um, <laughs> it's your fault, Ian, damn it. It, it's, it probably is my fault. But here, here's the thing. Um, regardless of what happens here, like his days in Teal are numbered. So there's no situation here where even if it goes to the arbitrator and the arbitrator uh, finds in favor of Vander Kane, um, there's no there's no path to him coming back on the team. Like his days as a shark are numbered regardless of how this ends. It's just an issue of how much money from the sharks, if any, he's going to get when this is all said and done. Um, as far as how this, how long will this take? I don't know. I mean, the last time, again, the only, the only thing we have to go on for this is the Mike Richards situation. And the Mike Richards situation was, was uh, settled between the two parties um it's like, three months after his contract was terminated and it hadn't reached an arbitrator at that point so i don't think this is going to be over quickly so this will still loom around but he after most likely tomorrow barring some crazy gm got a hair up his butt uh will no longer be a a shark per se yeah. except for as a paper transaction Correct. Yeah, like he's he's gonna be. They're gonna they're gonna spike his contract. He's gonna be a UFA. Uh, he'll be free to sign with any other team or go wherever he wants. Um, and you know, again, we'll see if we'll see if I don't think anyone's. I think if anyone was gonna, if anyone was gonna take Kane, like I kind of feel like unless he's gonna sign like a one million dollar one year show me deal, hoping to rehabilitate himself. I just I don't know where. I don't under I don't know of a team that's gonna just jump on him. I think there was definitely like the Sharks were willing to retain salary on him. Um, they were willing to try and get another team on. So like you know I mean they would have had you know team taking fifty and then another team taking fifty of that and you know so the team that ended up with them would have him for a song money wise anyway for the rest of his deal. Mm -hmm. No one seemed too keen on that. So I don't know if anyone's gonna run out and and quickly sign him. But um, but I, I did again, I just want to go back like I did write an article on this on Teal Town USA. It kind of goes through the whole situation, how like it, this, how it goes to an arbitrator and what some of the outcomes could possibly be if it the arbitrator ends up deciding on it uh, or the most likely the most likely thing, though, spoiler alert, is they will probably settle because at the end of the day. If you're Evander Kane, you probably want a little bit of money instead of risking it all. I mean, although he's a gambling man, so maybe he goes all the way. <laughs> I mean, that, all in, babe. Yeah. All in. <laughs> yeah, you're pushing it all in for sure. Um, so, yeah, that's the situation for him. Uh, as for the Sharks themselves, uh, we did run a poll question for you tonight 
on here. So if you are watching us live, uh, get it in. We'll close it up in a few minutes here. Uh, if the Sharks get the entire Kane contract off the books, how should they use the cap space? Uh, and the choices were go after someone at the deadline, cap space for deadline deal picks like they did last year, or save it for Hurdle and others. And of course, I will mention this for Hockey Jerk, announced the Barabanov extension already. <laughs> uh, currently, we'll close this up in a few minutes here. We'll, we'll touch it up on, on this, but currently 80 votes and 70% say save it for Hurdle and others. So, um, yeah, let me do this really quick as we uh, get into that. But... um. No, that's not true, Ricky. Um, I want to just set this chat. Termination is an arbitration. It only goes to arbitration if there's a failing. And in, 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 no, that's not how it works. The way the CBA works is if when the, when the PA files a grievance, which they has, it goes to a neutral arbitrator. That's how it's that's how it's that's how the grievances work. So the grievance goes to neutral arbitrator and they'll find either in Kane's favor or in uh, the arbitrator's failure if it uh, if it gets to them. Uh, Landy, can you hear us? Uh, yeah, I can hear you guys. All right. Ian, first off, thank you for that clarification. That's very important in that regard. Landy, you wanted to touch up on the cap space situation, Sharks-wise, which kind of relates to the poll question. Uh, just just really quickly, what, what, did you, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I'm thinking, you know, if I'm looking at the Sharks' uh, salary cap structure right now, you kind of take a look at what Logan Couture is getting. And if we were saying Logan is going to be the top dog in the forward, forward core to not upset the, uh, the, the apple cart there, you're going to have hurdle coming in at least at the same amount of percentage. So um, let me take a look here on Logan's cap hit percentage wise, but I thinking that's probably what would be offered uh, on the table for Hurdle. Now, Hurdle at the beginning of the season did say he wanted to stay, and through the course of the season, we had been kind of recapping that the whole Kane drama added to this decision on whether or not uh, to resign. Um, again, we we still have no clue if the sides have talked yet or um, you know what the Sharks are thinking about with regards to uh, positioning for the playoffs and and how that could be affected one way or another with Hurdle being on the roster. So I think it's a very delicate situation still at the moment, but I wouldn't be surprised if Hurdle comes in somewhere in the uh, I would say eight eight point two five range is probably what would be offered, and I would say at least at the uh, seven year. I think it starts at seven years and, um, you know, works its way up to the full eight years. Now, if the Sharks maybe want to spread the cap a little bit, I'm sure the uh, the representation would work with them. Um, but again, I think that this if you're on the uh, the if we're just taking what Shark State Media says and what, uh, you know, the organization has said about their plans for going forward, it's got to be resigned. Because that's how you stay relevant, and that's how you stay. All right. So basing, I mean, basing off what everybody, or what the majority of you have all said, uh, use it for hurdle and others. Uh, Felix. 
I mean, not surprised. Um, look, I love Hurdle. Um, I hope that he, uh, I mean, part of me hopes that he stays, but I think I agree with the NC where this team is at. And, and you know, I, it's going to be a, there are going to be some tough decisions ahead, um, as I know, I think Landy would always like to, always likes to say. And uh, it's yeah, it's I think it's fluid, right? I think what yeah. what Felix is getting at is it's a really fluid situation, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think it's almost changing on a game by game basis. You know, you take a look at the two really horrendous defensive games that the Sharks played, and you go, okay, well, this team is nowhere near. Then, you know, we'll see them whip off four wins in a row and then you start to believe all of a sudden. So it it really does depend upon if the organization thinks it's ready to take the next step and it thinks it can take the next step with the bodies that they have available. Now, I would argue that there's still at least one, um, you know, A to B type forward short, even with the Kevin LeBanc back in the lineup. Um, I still think that this is, you know, it's basically has a seven million dollar hole in it. And, and you know, that if we're really going by what Doug Wilson says and, and the way in which he um, puts together a roster, he would tell you that there's a seven million dollar hole in that space that should be allocated to a, a star forward. Yeah, and I just want to add too. The other thing is like, there's a lot of players like that are that I do like in the system. But like, Jerk made a tweet today. He's like, I like you know, like I like Noah Gregor, but I need to see some finish at some point. And, yeah. and I replied, and I'm like, that's kind of been the theme like of the Sharks forward group. Like a lot of the younger guys that are, you know, trying to take roles. It's like I like a lot of aspects of their game, but there's no finish. Absolutely, and I think to, just to add to that, look, we've seen. Past Sharks teams try to outscore their problems. You're not outscoring anything if you can't finish. Yeah. You know. Agreed. All right, guys. I, I think the one thing, the one the oh, one sorry. positive is is with the going back to the Evander Kane thing, with Evander Kane's money coming off the books provided nothing happens, you know, that puts a bunch of it back on the books, is that the Sharks can probably look at another buyout this summer too. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I think you now start to see a, a mass a, a accumulation of cap space and maybe there's there's a targeted forward that they've got you know you know doug wilson's got on the ghost roster that's coming up who knows we know that he plays around with that and if there's you know a, a potential um you know superstar available he will be in on it if he has the money yeah and so it'll be interesting to see what happens I mean, Denver Doyle, of course, mentioning right now, trade a first and Vlasic to Arizona to get him off the books. I, I don't <laughs> think we want to give up a first round pick. Uh, no, no. Yeah, like, see, that's that's the problem, right? Like, I don't like Chicago kind of did a little of that this offseason. And are they any better off for it? You know who I might might think would take a flyer on Vlasic? Detroit. And no, Stevie Eisman is not picking up Mark Edward Vlasic. Uh, if he t- if we took half the salary, if he retained no. half the salary, he needs he needs bodies back there, and I think he needs a stabling you know a stabilizing force, kind of like a Justin Braun, right? We all said that that was such a weird move for Philadelphia, right? But it mm-hmm. it's kind of brought in as that stabilizing force. I think and, the and I look at a season's young... kind of found money though. Like I don't think they, yeah. I don't think they need to add. I think they're they've got kids in the system. Eiserman's got a plan. 
I don't I don't think he's gonna just go out and just add a vet like Lassic with money kept or not. Yeah, and the tough part too. Also, don't forget Vlasic does have a full no move, uh, yeah. so he can just cancel whatever comes at him, whatever he feels like. Heck, he can't even get down to the Barracuda without his okay with it. So, yeah, but I mean, look, <laughs> no movement clauses get waived all the time. That's true. Yeah, that's if true. You don't want to, you know, if you're not, you're not playing, and, and you're seeing the pine. You know, that really motivates a player to, to oh, yeah. you know, to rescind that. And, and granted, let's be honest here, the 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 healthy scratch of Lassic kind of backfired on Bugner, didn't it? So, all right. Yeah, well, he, was good. he was better for a game. Not he wasn't Vlasic, but he was better. <laughs> I mean, he did get burned by JVR tonight. That's that. That's where it's like, God, no. but I get it. Why? So. <laughs> All right. Thanks, All right. guys. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up with there. Uh, the CUDA currently have a one nothing lead on Henderson. Thank you. Uh, Shemilevsky with the goal to make it one nothing for the CUDA there. We'll uh, get you on your way so you can get you, get to enjoy that. In case you missed anything and you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or, or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube of course, hit that subscribe button. Really does do a whole freaking lot. Please, um, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, always available at tealtownusa.com. You, you know what? I, I'm my bad. I forgot that Jerry F made a donation, so we'll make this <gasps> really quick. No, no, you're not getting an intro. Uh, <laughs> uh, Capitals and Wilder in a shootout 2-2. The Golden Knights are up 1-0 on Chicago. The Ducks are no score after one period of play. Uh, the Kings are up 1-0 on the Red Wings. Philip Deneau with the goal there. Uh, the Stars end the Penguins, uh, what was it, 10-game winning streak? 10-game winning streak, yeah. With the score of 3-2 in that one. Uh, and it was a comeback. They were they were already up 2-0, and then goals from Guryanov in the first some guy named Joe Pavelski uh, and Rupe Hintz. We do not jerk off Joe Pavelski on this show. No, we do not. <laughs> Colorado uh, comes back and beats the, the Maple Leafs 5-4 to four in overtime in that one. Uh, San Ramon native Austin Matthews uh, with a pair of goals. Uh, and uh, Devon Taves with the game-winning goal in overtime. Uh, that's a tough one for Toronto to take. Uh <laughs> in that one Bruins uh needed a victory and they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning five to two in that one Pasternak with a pair of goals so did Marshan thank you Braden Point for helping my fantasy team uh the Florida Panthers beat the Carolina Hurricanes four to three in this one uh Carner Verhage with a pair uh, in this one as well, uh, Duclair as well. Wow. I mean, he's fit well in Florida. Uh, the Neon Buggers, a.k.a. the Blue Jackets, beat the Devils 4-3 to in that one. Former Sh- Shark Gustav Nyquist with an assist there. The Predators beat the Coyotes 4-2. to That's your first place, Nashville Predators. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, don't matter how much you like it or love it. Uh, you may not want some more of it. Uh, and that is it for that one. And like I said, it is one nothing Barracuda over the Silver Knights uh, at the Shark Tank. So you can check that out for there. 
So, Puck guy, you're really teasing me. <clears throat> you're really teasing me with that one. Oh, stop it. <laughs> you don't know how much I can tease. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. All right, hey, now. hey, now. All right. So uh, speaking of which, thank you very much, Felix, for that one. Uh, Pucknologists will have a full recap on the week that was uh, for Sharks hockey. And boy, howdy, did it come to a, a crazy finish this week. So AJ and Jerk will recap everything that happened and more. That's at 7 p.m. on Sunday night. So be out there and support us on that one. So final thoughts We'll begin with Eric Landy. Uh, final thoughts. I mean, you know, we go from, uh, you know, complete despair to complete happiness within the span of, oh, I don't know, 20 minutes. So, uh, you know, it, it's got to be Sharks Hockey, right? <laughs> as far as where you could find me, it's uh, at Eric Landy uh, across all the social media garbage. All right. Felix, as always, appreciate you uh, joining joining us this evening. Uh, great to have you on a uh, successful Sharks win, no matter how bleak and painful it might have been, you know, two hours yeah. and 20 minutes into it. But uh, your final thoughts, <laughs> and thanks for joining us, bud. For sure, for sure. Always a pleasure to be on. Um, yeah, no, uh, look, as Andy said, and that was uh, – I couldn't agree more. Um, hashtag that so sharks. Um, but yeah, no, like uh, this. My final thoughts. Um, boy, the past uh, couple of games have been from just utter frustration to this, and uh, hopefully it's more. It's a lot more of uh, you know us. You know, actually like breaking down wins and uh, less of us um, or less of Ian. Going absolutely crazy. <laughs> What's winning? <laughs> They're afraid of me. The sharks are afraid of me. They know when I'm going to be on the show, and then they behave. Yeah, no. I, I was yeah. going to say we were talking about this before the show. Ian's like full on ready to go off on on Martin Jones and how he's supposed to do this and everything. And then what happened? So yep. Ian, my uh, friend, he's just he's just clinging onto that hair. Yep. Sorry, sorry. Just uh, just to finish it up. Just to finish up my uh, final thoughts, um, of course, um, uh, I do have a uh, in on a on a much lighter note. I do have an article that's going to be coming out very soon. Um, y'all ever have any thoughts about this uh, this season's goal of the year so far? Well, I I sure do, and there have been uh, plenty. And uh, you're gonna uh, read about my thoughts uh, very soon on that. So uh, look out for that on the website. Terrific, Felix. And there's been a lot of candidates already, uh, and we're only half. We're not even halfway through the season. Ian, as always, bud, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, your your final thoughts, my friend. Uh, when the sharks do good, it's good. Um, if <laughs> you get time. Good night, everyone. Uh, no, if you get if you my my final thoughts, obviously look at um, again, you know, a couple of really good games for the Sharks. Hopefully they can they can keep this going because I, I understand Team Tank and I get it. But I just, you know, that's not fun to watch. Um, again, I know I've pimped it a few times this show already, but if you get a chance, uh, go to SealTownUSA.com. Check out my article. It kind of lays out the whole uh, Kane situation. Um, they're pretty well uh, as to what you could expect and what the ramifications could be based on uh, history. Uh, and, you know, 
so if you want to if you want to more in depth than we were kind of able to go on the show, then I think that's uh, where you would like to go. Um, be gentle. I haven't written anything in a very, very long time. Uh, so it might not be like my, my best work, but uh, it's definitely, I definitely put a lot of time into it. Um, so yeah. So I will see you guys when I am on next, which I'm sure is pretty soon. Yep. I'm at PuckGuy14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. Again, we will be back with you tomorrow night, Sunday night for Pucknologists. Uh, AJ and Jerk will recap the week that was. Uh, but for now, we're going to head over to our Discord channel where the chat just never ends, which it really, it, it never really ends. So for all of us here, and, and thank you for watching. We appreciate each and every one of you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. And if you aren't watching live, leave a comment on, on your co thoughts on, on how the Sharks came back. Evander Kane, what are they going to do with the cap space? We'll just leave a nice little chat and comment in there as well. So until Sunday night for Technologists, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We will see you tomorrow night for Technologists.